Good morning and Merry Christmas. Like Christmas time is always a special time of the year. And I know that it's not always easy for a lot of people. But growing up, I remember having fond memories of, of this Christmas season and just the the sights, the sounds, the traditions. The, I, I still can almost transport myself back to the house and um, just the feeling of Christmas time uh, at, at the house that I grew up in. And my mom, you know, just remembering that she wouldn't make it special, as, as special as she could. Um, she wouldn't make it special. And, you know, the thinking back, um, just remembering, you know, the the same picture you had to take every year. You had to you had to take one of the animals or something from the manger and hold it next to where the manger was and take that picture. Um, probably, the tree was probably in the picture too. Um, but you think back to all of that and just to find memories of it. And then, you know, as you grow up, you create your own memories You, with your own family when you, when you have your family. And you create those things and you, you bring some of the things along with you that you grew up with, uh, and then you mix them in with your spouse's um, family and and what they have done over the years, and then sometimes you create your own in the midst of that. So a combination of those three. And we were decorating last night. It was. Um, we just had we had the tree up a couple of weeks with lights on, but nothing else was decorated. Um, so we we got the house decorated, and we don't do a lot. It's just a living room, um, basically. And uh, we put the manger up, and the ornaments on the tree, and the mantle, the fireplace is all decorated now. Um, but it it was nice. It was a it was a good time with the three boys, and them just talking and putting up things. Uh, in the living room. Um, but Christmas, um, you know, we sang that song today, and it is all those things are awesome. All these family traditions, the decorations, the lights, uh, but everything in that should be pointing us to Jesus and to the reason why he c- came that he came for our salvation. And again, we're going to be in Luke 2, 1 through 20 today. I'm just going to open up to there. And get my glasses on. So when I was um, praying and looking through the scriptures to um, see what to go over today, what the message should be, um, I was, you know, as a pastor, you always want to have at least three points. Um, And so in reading through the the Christmas accounts, 
Uh, in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, I've, I found these three words, joy, peace, and goodwill. And they come out of the interaction between the shepherds and the angel and the angels. Um, so I'm just going to kind of focus on that, but we're going to go through uh, 1 through 20 today of Luke. And so it's the birth of Christ starts off in chapter 2 of Luke, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. And so we have the, the timing of it. We have a historical timing of Christ's birth. Caesar Augustus is the emperor of Rome, and Quirinius is governing Syria at this time. No. It's awesome to look at scripture and just know that it's historical. It's the truth. It's, it's placed in history. We have these markers marked out, especially uh, Luke especially has um, a lot of historical references in the book of Luke and Acts that we can um, look at and see the veracity of the scriptures um, through um, historical records also that these point to those times, specific times. And so we all know that at that time um, the census was um, put out by, by Rome and everyone had to go to their own town. So all went to be registered, verse 3, everyone to his own city. So Joseph, verse 4, also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house of the house and lineage of David. And we sing that song, O little town of Bethlehem. And it was a small town. It was a smaller town. It was about five miles or so from Jerusalem. It is still there about five miles or so from Jerusalem. And um, it, it is the town where the lambs for the sacrifice were raised, a um, lot of shepherds around, and we'll get to those guys in a minute. But it was that small town, and it wasn't the big city of Jerusalem. It wasn't in the king's palace. It wasn't in the lights of the city that Christ was born, but in little town of Bethlehem, where you know many, maybe not many, didn't take notice of it, um, but God would announce it, as we'll see. And so he would, Joseph would go to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife who was with child. So that would have been quite a journey uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They couldn't have just hopped on I-94 and gone down the road a bit. Um, it would have been quite a journey, especially in her state of pregnancy, um, nearly to the end. 
And then, of course, having the birth of Christ uh, when they got to Bethlehem. You know, I know Mackenzie is getting close to about a month and a half. And, uh, you know, it could have been almost that time, like about a, how long it would have taken. I don't know if it would have taken quite a month, but it would have taken a while to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And so when they did get there, in verse 6, it says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now we've gone over that previous times. Like Was it a cave? Was it a wooden stable? Was it the lower part of a house that was carved out for the animals? Um, but he, we know that he was placed in a manger. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. We know that a manger is a feeding trough for animals and that there probably were, you know, some cows or sheep or goats or um, whatever animals that were there. No pigs. Um, We don't have pigs in the manger scene. But... You know, the Lord of the universe, the Lord of all, the creator of all things, the one who spoke this world into existence, you know, born as a babe, the God child, born in a manger, humbly. You know, he, as I said, he wasn't born in the big city. He wasn't born in the king's palace. He came from heaven's glory to be born in a manger, to be laid on some straw, not some feather bed. Born amongst his creation. Just amazing. What an amazing God we have that he would come so humbly and that he would be born as the prophecy stated at a specific time in a specific place that our salvation would come in such manner. And so we have joy in verses 8 through 12. It tells us, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. So here the shepherds are just hanging out, out in the fields, watching over the sheep by night. And here an angel, a single angel comes, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. I mean, this is the pattern of an angelic appearance that they would come on the scene. There'd be great light and, you know, 
who they were talking to would they would be afraid whether it was you know you see it with Mary when the angel comes to her and announces that she will be with child the Christ child we see it many other times in scripture and I would say that that would be a natural reaction that we probably would all have that reaction that we would be afraid because we haven't seen anything like that before. Imagine seeing the glory of God that one day that we will, we will visibly be in the presence of the Lord and His glory will shine. In fact, we will need no light, the Bible says, because He will be our light. So imagine the scene just out in the field and the light, the glory of God shines and there an angel is before you. Verse 10 tells us, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And so that we have this declaration, the announcement of the Christ child, the Messiah has come. You know, the Jews had been waiting for the Messiah. They should have been on the lookout for him as the prophecies, the prophets of old have foretold this time, the timing of it, the place of his birth. They should have been watching. And here, God chose the little town of Bethlehem. God chose shepherds not the religious rulers, not the king, but shepherds watching their sheep by night. And he announces the greatest announcement ever to be announced, that the Christ is born in the city of David. And they would have known that that was Bethlehem, as Bethlehem was the city of David. And this would be the sign, finding the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, just as described before, that after birth, he was wrapped in, in the swaddling clothes and lied in a manger. And so we have the Christ child's announcement to the shepherds. And that great joy is what I um, kind of focused on in this first part of it. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, a great joy, which will be to all people. You know, good tidings. The gospel is that good tidings. The gospel in Jesus Christ arriving in the flesh. Those good tidings that Christ is, has come. Our Savior has come into the world. 
and with great joy, not just little joy, but great joy, the angel says that of these good tidings. And so joy, joy comes from the Lord, our, from our relationship with God. If we have joy in our life, it depends on our relationship with God. It's, it's past our emotions. We can be up, we can be down, we can just be in the middle. Our emotions are controlled most often by our circumstances, um, by what is going on at a particular time. But our joy, I just love this about joy, that it can be beyond that those emotions. That we could have, be in, the, in a dark time. We could be in a, in a time where things aren't going so right, but we can still have joy, even great joy. You, know, you think back to David and the loss of his son and his servants asking him, you know, why are you... He had his time of mourning, but when was that was up? He, he, he had... You know, he was eating and drinking, and and his servants asked him, you know, like why, why are you like this? But it it was because of his relationship in Christ. And so, too, we can have joy in tough circumstances. We can have joy in all circumstances. In Psalm 51 was a psalm of repentance for for David. And the consequence was the loss of his son. And so he wrote this Psalm 51, and he wrote it as that psalm of repentance, his heart pouring out to, to God in repentance. And verse 5, Psalm 51, 12 tells us, Restore to me, the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. So David was looking for that joy once again in the Lord. In Psalm 43, 4, it's a psalm of times of trouble. And verse 4 tells us, you know, in those times of trouble, then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. And then a psalm of forgiveness, verse, Psalm 32, 11, ends with this verse 11. And it says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. O shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And then Psalm I'm mean, sorry, Isaiah 12, 1 through 6 tells us, And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, though you were angry with me. Your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will joy draw out water from the wells of salvation. Now, there's no greater joy than that, that we have salvation in Christ. 
And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. You know that the verse with joy in it, in verse 3 of Isaiah here, therefore with joy you'll draw out from the wells of salvation. You know, this is why Christ came for our salvation, that we can have joy in it, that we can have the wells of salvation in our life, no matter our circumstances. In Nehemiah 8, they were reading, there was the reading of the law, and the people wept because they hadn't heard the law in so long. And that they, you know, they they felt the weight of it because they knew that they didn't live up to it. And so they were weeping and they were uh, mourning because of the law was was read to them. In Nehemiah 8 through 12, it tells us, So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. So they they preached it. They expounded on it. They taught the scripture. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people that day, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For this is this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. So they were declared the scriptures, and the leaders said, Go, have joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, I mean, this section kind of describes the season. You know, we go and we have times with our family. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. There's lots of sweets around this time of year. <laughs> Send the portions to those who have nothing. We Oftentimes we invite others who may not have much or we go and serve somewhere and help those less fortunate. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We should rejoice greatly that the Lord of hosts came as a babe, grew into a man, provided our salvation. Praise the Lord. Praise him. 
And then we have verses 13 and 14. And it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will towards men. So we have the scene. We have the shepherds. We have and one angel. We have the glory of the Lord. Then suddenly a host of angels, probably uncountable, angels coming and singing and praising God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Now peace. that the Lord is the Lord of peace, the Prince of Peace, as we will read. Now we often, at the end of service, will say the, I'm going to mess it up, the ironic blessing. <laughs> um, number 6, 27 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. So that blessing that the Lord you know, told Moses that Aaron and his sons should bless Israel in this matter, he wants to give us that peace. Now, peace isn't easily obtained except through the Lord. It's hard to have peace in the chaos of this world, but the peace of God comes and is true and is faithful and is calming that in our circumstances we can have peace in our roller coaster of emotions of this life we can have peace of God Psalm 119 165 tells us great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble and then in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, the, the Christ is declared to be the Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Peace, sorry, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We can trust in that. I mean, just what, it's not just peace for a moment. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will rule forever. His peace will be forever upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. 
Then Isaiah 52, 7 tells us, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. Now this is the action that we should be taking. We should bring, be bringing the good news of salvation. We should be bringing peace to others. If people of the world who have not seen Christ as the Lord, if they knew the peace of God, do you think that would change them? They knew that that peace was true and comfort and everlasting. If they would just know that, and the good news of salvation, that it comes from Jesus. That he brings those glad tidings of good things, proclaims the salvation. Your God reigns. And Philippians 4, 4 through 7 tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say rejoice. So, that joy again. Let your gentleness be known to all men. You know, this is our position, how we should be acting. We should be bringing that good news, the good tidings, the peace to others, proclaiming that salvation, declaring God reigns, rejoicing always in the Lord, letting our gentleness be known to all men, that the Lord is at hand. And then in our own lives, and proclaiming it to those who don't have that peace. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, important part of it, being thankful unto the Lord, not just asking. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, that other aspect, previously, you know, it's the peace, it's everlasting peace, it'll last forever, but also surpasses all understanding. It's beyond this world, what this world can give. It's a peace that only God can give. And then we have goodwill. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. So here in context, it's, it's declaring the divine favor of God towards us, towards men, that Christ has come, the Messiah has come, the Savior. Malachi 3, 16-18 tells us, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, and on that day I will make them my jewels. This is how the Lord looks at us, as his jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. And he did that by sending his own son and not sparing 
his own son, but sparing us through his son. Then again, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between ones who serve God and one who does not serve him. So this God's divine favor towards us that Christ would come. And then we have a responsibility out of that. It's not that we have to, but we should desire to be men and women of God that proclaim him to others, that take the good news of Jesus Christ, these good tidings of great joy, this peace that only comes through salvation and restoration of, through Christ and goodwill towards men. We should be practicing this goodwill. It should be our response to what Christ has done for us. This is from the Bible Dictionary. It says, Goodwill is being helpful and cooperating, having a friendly, willing disposition, and looking for the looking for and desiring the best in another. Goodwill is found among the upright. Comes from Proverbs 14:9. It is thinking of others before ourselves, willing to sacrifice our own desires to accommodate someone else's needs. The angels announcing the birth of Jesus had peace on earth and goodwill to man, as we read in Luke 2:14. Goodwill is a right motive for sharing Christ and serving man, for the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does. And so Ephesians 6, 5 through 8 tells us, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same for the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. So this concept of being a bond servant was one where the servant chose to be bonded to the master. So they chose to be that servant of the master. And this talks about that we shouldn't just do it in eye service or um, according to the flesh, but we should serve in sincerity of heart as to Christ. For the glory of God, we should do all things, that our actions, no matter who we're with, we should serve in Christ. It shouldn't just be you know, lip service, eye service. It shouldn't just be... Um, because we have to, but because we have chosen to serve Christ in all things, to do that goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, no, and not to men. So whether we're serving, whoever we're serving, we should do it as unto the Lord. And God says that he'll reward that, 
will receive the same from the Lord if, as we do unto others. Philippians 1, 15-18 tells us, Some indeed preach Christ, even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. So there's one... Paul is talking about all these two groups of people that are... Some are preaching Christ kind of in competition with Paul. And some are preaching Christ out of goodwill, out of the right motives. And that's what he's talking about here. But the latter out of love, being those of goodwill, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. So our motive should be in that goodwill, not in competition with fellow believers, but we should be working in unity and goodwill for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when you hear from the Lord, there needs there should be action. We should take action. We should take steps. And that's what the shepherds did. They said, let us go. And so the shepherds, verses 15 through 20 in Luke 2, and it says, So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they took actions. They, they could have been stunned in disbelief and stayed where they are at. Or they could work, walk in faith and go. And so they went. They said, let us now go. And they did choose to do that. And they went to Bethlehem. And not only, it wasn't a gingerly walk, but it says with haste. And they came with haste, verse 16, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So just as the angels told them, they found the scene of Jesus' birth. There, Mary and Joseph, and there the Christ child, Jesus, lying in the manger. And they didn't keep it to themselves. They shared the good news. They shared the good tidings, the goodwill towards men. Now, in verse 17, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. Do you think many believe them? This amazing story. Hey, we were just out in the field and an angel came and the, this bright lights and glory was all around us and then many angels came and they told us that the Christ child has come. And we went, and we found him, lying in a manger, just as the angel had told us. And it says the reaction of all those who heard him in verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
But the difference between those who heard it from the shepherds and the shepherds was what? The shepherds went. They went to find Christ. And the others just marveled. They didn't take any action. They were just astonished. What did Mary think of all this? Verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Do you wonder what God is doing sometimes? Do you ponder life? Do you ponder what is going on in life? You know, Mary didn't have it all together at this point. She probably didn't understand fully what her now son that was born, um, all that was going to happen, the blind would see, the deaf would hear, the lame would walk, the dead would rise again. But I think she grew in that knowledge. Because at the wedding, she knew he could do something, right? Because <laughs> all, she, all she had to say was, you know, ask, ask him, speak to him. And she knew he would act. And the water became wine. But she went through all those times. But there she was standing at the cross with her son hanging there in agony. But in her song to Elizabeth, she says this, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. She knew that he was the Savior. And here, but she had, she was still a mom, to see her son suffer in that way. But he did it for her, and he did it for us. Salvation comes from the Lord. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He came in a manger, died on a cross, was buried in a grave, rose again to eternal life for you and for me, that we would have salvation that we can glory in our Lord. We can celebrate his birth. We can look to the cross. And we can look to the future. For he is coming back in all the glory for his church, for you and me. That as that scripture we read in Nehemiah, that they went and ate, that we too will go and we will be at the 
wedding supper. For we are the bride of Christ. We will be in that wedding supper and we will be in the presence of all his glory. And we will eat and dine with him at that table. Mary pondered all these things. And then verse 20, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all these things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. May we glorify the God, our God in all things with great joy, with peace and goodwill towards men. May the worship team come and let us worship him in one more song. Father, we come before you and we thank you that you would send your son Jesus to be born a babe in that manger, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you give us joy. You had peace, our peace, that only comes through you. That restoration of our relationship with you, salvation, that peace that will be forevermore. And goodwill, Lord. You had that divine favor towards us, to your Son. Lord, may we have that goodwill towards one another, to all that we meet, that we can show them your peace, your salvation, that we can give the greatest gift we have ever received, you, Jesus, that we can give you away, that others may receive you and live forevermore because you are their Savior, their salvation. Salvation has come in Jesus our Lord. We praise you this day for mighty is your name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.